Hey friends, welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. I'm glad that you have tuned in today and welcome to all of you that are listening for the very first time. Um, just want to remind you, especially if you are a first time listener, you know, I think this is episode 122. If my memory serves correctly, this is the 122nd uh, Mavericks and Misfits podcast episode and all of them are archived at um, a very simple website. It's called maverickmisfit.com. Notice that it's singular, maverickmisfit.com. And you can, if you're interested, uh, avail yourself of all of the previous episodes. There are so many different topics that we've covered over these 100 plus episodes. Um, I've dealt with women in ministry. I think I did five episodes on women in ministry. I think I did maybe a dozen episodes, possibly 10. I can't remember how many it was on the gifts of the Holy spirit. Most of the stuff that I talk about, um, is me speaking as a Christian into the lives of other Christians for the very simple purpose of challenging you and exhorting you and calling you to better. Is, is that sound too worldly calling you to better? Like, not a better version of you, that's probably too worldly, but stepping more deeply into the manifold promises of God, drinking more deeply from the fountain of the Spirit, believing more deeply from the written Word of God, and then laying yourself out there more sacrificially as one whose life no longer belongs to herself or himself, but one who belongs to Jesus. And so, you know, maybe I don't execute perfectly every every podcast, but I think, you know, for those of you that have been listening from the since the very beginning of this podcast, and those of you that have picked up in recent months, you, you're probably actually being helped. I don't mind saying that. I mean, good night alive. If I don't think I'm helping people, why am I even doing this? So you're probably being helped. And um, my goal is is to to touch areas of discipleship in your life so that you understand better maybe even some of the things that are going on in your life that you have a kingdom worldview an eternal view that jesus stays front and center of every component in your life instead of him being this side gig that people do on sundays oh my goodness you know that probably breaks the heart of the son of god that people treat him like this side side thing that they they connect with on on sundays and then the rest of the week they don't even really pursue him and so um, you know, some, some podcast episodes are intense. Last, the last episode was intense. If you did not listen to last week's episode on, on the milk, and I talked about stunted spiritual growth, I'm going to risk it. Press pause on this episode, go back one and put on your big boy, you know, britches, <laughs> your big girl panties, put, put on your big boy, big girl stuff to go back and listen to that. And, um, good night. I just felt the Holy Spirit just pouring through that one. And then you're going to have ones like today that are a little bit more <laughs> calm and um, you know reasonable in the sense of like I'm not stretching you too much. I'm going to help you today um, because I want to talk about a, a, an issue that um, most of you that are pursuing the Lord and some of you are really going hard after God. Like you've got way more zeal than you do opportunity right now. Like it's burning fire in your bones like Jeremiah. You're like, I don't know where to go with all this stuff that God is doing inside of me. 
I don't have as many open doors as I do, you know, fire and, and vision and prophetic stirring and longing and love. You know, you got all this internal combustion going on, but you don't have the, the open opportunity for outflow yet. And I really want to speak on that today um, because, I, man, I feel your pain. I, I, I'm just going to tell you this. I have always, as a believer, lived with a greater level of zeal than I have the parallel level of opportunity. My zeal always has outpaced my opportunity. I'm, I'm, I live kind of leaning forward. I don't know how you live. Um, some people live sitting down. Some people live, you know, in, in a complete state of, of calm and rest and no sense of urgency. And I'm not even saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that I don't live that way. I live leaning forward. I'm constantly leaning forward and looking ahead because to me, the Christian journey is an adventure and I don't want to watch somebody else's adventure. <laughs> you know, I hope that you're zealous and I hope you're killing it in the kingdom, but I don't want to watch your life while I'm not living the one given to me. I've only got one shot at this and um, you do too. You've only got one shot. This is your only chance to live by faith. This is your only chance to risk it. This is your only chance to lay down temporary stuff so that you might embrace eternal stuff. This is the only chance that you get. You get a little vapor of a life. Maybe you live 100 years. And after that, you'll never have another chance to live by faith and, and to love Jesus and serve Jesus and to align with him by faith. And that means something the Lord. The Lord is not discompassionate towards um, you know the human reality that we have to do everything we do by faith. You know, it was Peter that wrote in one of his letters, he said, having not seen him, you love him. And Peter, of course, had seen Jesus and he was writing to people who had dedicated their lives to Jesus, having never seen him, having only heard of him and believed on him by faith. And there's something in the heart of God that says, look at that daughter of mine down there. And she's laying down everything for my son. And she's doing it completely by trust and faith. Like, please hear me on that. Like, that means something to the Lord. Sometimes you feel like you're you're not an awesome Christian or you're not, you know, you, you just, sometimes we don't feel that we're living by faith, but it's almost like if, if you're underwater, you don't feel the water. And if you're submerged in Jesus, you don't always feel it, but you're still submerged. And so we've got this issue of zeal. And I'm talking about mission. I'm talking about, man, what am, what am I going to do with my life? Lord, I want to do something for you. And I hope that's in your heart. But there was this, there's this little snapshot in Acts chapter 16, where I'm going to give you some interesting verses that maybe we need to consider. And especially if you feel like you're on the unhappy side of a closed door right now, like that door of opportunity is just not kicked off the hinges. It's not even cracked. It's locked. It just feels like my goodness, no doors are opening for me. Oh man, I've been there. Good night. I spent about three or four years back in the late 1990s and, and I was completely like sealed behind closed doors. I felt like I was living on a shelf and you know, God was like doing amazing stuff inside of me and he gave me no outlet for it. It was really hard to be honest with you. It was discouraging and frustrating at times, but there was so much I needed to learn during that season that I couldn't have learned if God had just you know, met my zeal with opportunity after opportunity. But let me read you these verses out of Acts 16, because this is the Apostle Paul. This is Luke writing in Acts 16 about the Apostle Paul and his team 
of, of ministers as they're just trying to follow the Lord. And it says, um, Luke writes this, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. I'm going to circle back to that, but don't miss it. The Holy Spirit forbade them from speaking the word in Asia Minor. And then it says, when they came up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Okay, so that's two closed doors. And I'll, I'll unpack it in a minute, but just don't miss that. So, verse 8, Acts 16, 8. So passing by uh, Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right. So that's kind of one of those passages of scripture we just kind of blaze through because we're in the book of Acts and we're looking at signs, wonders, miracles, healings, riots, and revelation and revival and all this, you know, intense stuff. But you, you know, you read through Acts 16 verses 6 through 10 and it's almost like footnote material. You're, it doesn't capture your spirit if you don't slow down. But let me, let me give you the background. So you've got Paul, who, who the apostle Paul, and he's, he's advancing the gospel into places where the gospel had never gone. So he's got the word of the Lord. He's got the revelation. He's got the gospel of the kingdom. He's got strategy for establishing churches. He's got um, passion and burden and, and word in him. He's been commissioned by God. He's been anointed by God. He's been called by God. He's experienced amazing success in other places and fruitfulness. And he's not done yet. Paul was never looking for a place to sit down and retire. And so they're, they're seeking the Lord about where to go next. And you got to remember the whole known world at that time was missionary frontier. The gospel hadn't gone anywhere unless it had gone primarily by the hands of the apostles and those that they led. And so they got all this zeal, all this opportunity, all of, they got everything that they need except an open door. And as a matter of fact, it's not just that they didn't have an open door. The doors they tried to go through were closed and they weren't closed by the devil. They weren't closed by the culture. They weren't closed by hostile people to the gospel. They were closed by God. I mean, it's very plain in the scripture that they're knocking on doors to do something that they're called to do with the gifts that they've been given to do it. And they've got the whole world in front of them. And the Bible says, and when it came to the areas of Phrygia and Galatia, that the Holy Spirit said, no. Matter of fact, it's even stronger in Acts 16, 6. It says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia Minor. So they're trying to move forward. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm not going to let you go through that door. I'm not opening that door for you. Now, let me just tell you how the human heart can wrestle over this. Because the human heart's being, you know, Paul is human. He is a godly man, greatest Christian, in my opinion, that ever lived. And, and so he's like, Lord, I, I, I'm wanting to do something. I want to spend my life. I want to, I want to lay it down. I want to pour it out. And so Lord Phrygia and Galatia, we, we've not gone there and we want to speak your word there. We want to tell dying unbelievers who will, who, if they don't get the gospel, they'll die and enter into hell. So it's not like a, 
it's not a casual situation. This is like, these people are pagans. They need the gospel. They must be saved. Who's going to go and, and preach the word to them? Who's going to be the preacher that goes? Paul says, here we are, Lord, send me. I'm knocking on the door. Let me into Asia Minor. Let me go to Phrygia. Let me go to Galatia. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I'm not opening that door for you. Now, the human nature would possibly be like, whoa, wh- what do you mean? This is what I'm called to do. I'm an apostle. I'm a leader. I'm, I'm a gospel witness. I'm an evangelist and a discipler. Uh, there are people that need to be healed. There are people that need to be saved. There are people that need to be discipled. And Lord, nobody's gone there, so I want to go there. And the Lord says, no, I'm not opening that door for you. So whatever Paul did, we don't know how he responded, but so they just keep moving in a direction, a general direction away from that closed door. And then it says that they come to this place called Mycia or Mysia, and then they attempted to go into Bithynia. So they go to Mysia and then they're attempting to go to Bithynia. So in other words, okay, well, the Lord closed the door because Phrygia and Galatia weren't his appointed places. That's great. Now, Lord, it must be Bithynia. We're going to go into Bithynia. And then the Bible says again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Now we're not told how the Holy Spirit communicated to Paul and the leaders that they weren't to go. But the summary statement in the Bible says the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus did not give them permission now to go into the second place, Bithynia, technically the third place, Phrygia, Galatia, and Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit's answer is no, that's three closed doors to a man with an anointing, a man with a calling, a man with a commission, a man with a burden, a man with gifts, a man with power, a man with love, a man who knows what his, his calling is. And they're knocking on doors through which nobody had gone. And the Holy Spirit says, no. Now, in moments like these in our lives, let me tell you what happens. You find out if you're a son, a daughter, or an orphan. You find out, is it about you? Is it about the will of God? Is it, are you riding on zeal for what you're doing for the Lord? Or are you riding on obedience? Is it about you getting to do what you feel awesome doing for the glory of God, which God is using and is fruitful? Or is it about you remaining humble and recognizing you have a master who can say yes or no? And when he says yes, that's not really a struggle. You know, if, if the Lord had said, yes, Paul, go to Phrygia, go to Galatia, go to Bithynia. Paul's like, of course, that's the door we're knocking on. It's supposed to open because these are all good things we're wanting to do. Our motivations are pure. Our hearts are pure. We're just wanting people to get saved, people to get healed. We want kingdom to advance. We want to, you know, plant churches. We want to see people, you know, born again and discipled and the door opens and you're like, of course it opens because everything makes sense. That's not a test. It's not a test to walk through an open door that you're knocking on. (laughs) The test is when you're knocking on a good door that makes complete sense to you. And God's like, I'm not opening that door for you. And in those moments where God reserves the right to say, no, it's a test of our trust. And you can take it like an orphan and an orphan says, I've been rejected. God's not validated my plans. My father's not given me what I want. He, he, he must be disappointed in me. I must be asking something terrible. Maybe I've done something wrong and all the open doors that I've had in the past are never going to open again. 
maybe I missed the will of God and I never should have asked. Maybe he's disappointed because I asked. And, you know, all of that orphan talk has the potential to rise up in you. But if you're son, if you're a son of God, if you're a, a daughter of God, and when I say that, I mean male and female, mature in the Lord, completely surrendered to the Lord, a son or a daughter says it's actually the father's business. It's the father's world. It's the father's kingdom. It's the father's name. It's the father's gospel. These are the father's people, both the lost and the saved belong to his sovereign hand. And I am not leading the father. The father is leading me. And when the father leads us, he has the right to redirect us. We can bang on a door and knock on it because it makes sense to us. And he has the right to say, I'm not opening that door for you. And so you have this thing called a redirect. A redirect is something that God uses frequently in the lives of his children, especially those that are serving him. That when something looks right, it makes sense. We're thinking this is the will of the Lord. We're going to knock on the door. We're going to ask. We're going to seek. We're going to knock. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. And I know the Lord's going to open the doors because everything I'm wanting to do on the other side of that door is consistent with what he says about his kingdom, about his great commission, about what he says over me as his, his servant. So yeah, the door is going to open, but when he doesn't open it, how do you respond? How are you responding right now to no open doors in your life? You feel stuck. I confessed earlier that there was a three-year season where I felt pretty stuck. I was in ministry, by the way. I was in ministry, but I wasn't doing all that my zeal told me I would be doing. My zeal brought me revelation and understanding about what I would do in the future, but what my zeal did not do was provide a timeline. So as a visionary, as somebody who was seeing what could be, um, my zeal grew and grew, and God was so wise in not letting me walk through immediate open doors because there wasn't enough maturity for me to accompany that zeal. I needed to learn how to wait on the Lord's timing. So this thing called a redirect is when God uses closed doors to actually lead you because God did not want Paul and his team in Bithynia or Phrygia or Galatia. He wanted them in Macedonia. He wanted them in a completely different part of the world that wasn't even on their radar. And so if, if, if these closed doors were serving to frustrate Paul, we, we didn't read about it. I kind of think they weren't. I don't think that Paul was frustrated. I'm saying I've been frustrated by them. I'm, I'm suggesting maybe you've been frustrated by them. I don't think Paul was, but they at least would have been slowing him down. A closed door will slow you down. And if you're addicted to motion, if you're addicted to momentum, you're addicted to giving expression to your zeal without anything getting in the way, no impediments, no obstacles, God will slow you down um, because he doesn't want you running on spiritual adrenaline. He wants you running on discernment and obedience. And so the closed door for Paul wasn't primarily like a no, terrible servant, stupid question you're asking, quit knocking on that door. That's not what it was. The closed door was a redirect towards the open door. And Paul had not seen the open door yet. And so Macedonia was where that, where Paul needed to go. That was God's will. 
And so I want to, I want to, I want to suggest to you that when God is closing doors in your life, I want to suggest to you that you need to slow down and not take it as rejection. Don't, don't take it as some slam on you and what's going on inside of you. Remember who he is. He's too wise to let you walk through a door that he didn't open. And he's also too wise to open a door <laughs> that is not profitable for you. And so a closed door is always protection and redirection. It's protection because what's ever on the other side of that closed door is not for you at this time. It's not the best he has for you. That you got to believe that by faith. And you say, well, Jeff, I'm, he's not opening any doors. Well, the Bible doesn't say that, that when God, the Holy Spirit said no to Paul on those three doors that he knocked on, there was no promise. Keep, keep knocking. There's a, there's a fourth door that you don't know about yet. You're getting there, son. You're getting there. there there's no communication of that. And so sometimes like, yeah, you're right. All you may be seeing is the closed door, but faith says it's closed for your good and for God's glory. And faith also says that as you respond properly to closed doors, you will probably, almost inevitably, find the open door. Because God's not just going to leave you perpetually stuck. He is going to leave you as long as he needs to, to teach you how to be content in all things and to rejoice that he's there with you on that side of the closed door. Just let me ask you this question. Would you rather be on this side of a closed door with God, or would you rather be on the other side of an open door, but God didn't walk through it with you? And so Paul gets this vision. He gets this vision after three closed doors, and the vision is this. The vision is a representative of the people of Macedonia where, where the gospel was needed. And through that vision, God communicates to Paul, here's where I want you to go. Here's the open door. Walk through it. And he did. And so they began that missionary journey, and they did all of the things that they would have done in Bithynia, Galatia, and Phrygia. They just did it in Macedonia. Why? Because God opened the door to Macedonia, not to the other places. So I, I just want to say the closed doors in our lives are not meant to frustrate us. Um, you got you to gotta toughen up a little bit, okay? If you can't wait then you're probably not as fit to march as you think you are. Like, I, man, people that can't wait in the kingdom, and it typically is a young person's disease, but it's not, it's not a, only a young person's disease. Um, typically, the younger we are, the less context and really capacity we have for waiting long periods on God. But I've seen some older people, too, that just can't wait. They're in constant motion. They don't care if God opened the door or not. There's an open door. They kicked it open. They, they broke in. They did whatever they had to do. They're going to make something happen in the kingdom. And, uh, man, that's rough. Those are rough waters because you don't want to walk through a door that God didn't walk through it with you. And so here's what I want to say to you today as I'm wrapping up. I mean, this is really simple stuff, but I'm just trying to encourage some of you to keep waiting and not to take the closed door as a rejection. It's redirection. It's not rejection. It just means that closed door was not where he wanted you. And it's closed because that's not the time or the place that you're supposed to walk through it. But there is another open one. And if you will thank him for the closed doors, you'll probably get to the open doors more quickly. If you'll temper your zeal and let it become humility and obedience and patience, which are the fruit of the spirit. And what's very interesting is the fruit of the spirit. It never mentions zeal, um, but it does mention patience. It does mention faith. Um, you know, we, it mentions temperance or self-control. And so those are all tested. 
You know, your faith is tested at a closed door. Your, your self-control is tested at a, at a closed door. And your patience, of course, is tested at a closed door. So he's, he's actually developing deep, lasting fruit in us when he doesn't open the doors that we're knocking on. And then, man, we're so much more strengthened and capable and ready to walk through the door that he does open. If, if you can't be trusted with a closed door, you're not ready to walk through an open door. And so what I'm trying to do is encourage you here. Exhale a little bit. It's okay. You're all right. You're all right. The kingdom's not going to fall apart with, without you. And he does have a place for you. And he does have a timing for you. And he does have an open door for you. He does. And in his timing, he's developing you to be ready to walk through it when it comes. There's a Macedonian open door for some of you. And if the door that you've been assuming is going to be open, you're just going to pound a little long, longer and knock a little harder. Maybe consider that it's actually not the door he wants for you right now. It may look good and you may feel everything on the other side of it is exactly what you want. But if it's not the Lord, then it's the wrong door. And it means he's going to open that for somebody else because it's the best door for them, but it's not the best door for you. So can you be patient? Can you trust? Can you say, okay, Lord, you're too good to, <laughs> to open a bad door for me. And you're too good to open a, a profitable door that you've appointed. You're too good to keep that closed. And if you can just get to that place and say, Lord, whether the door's open or not, as long as I'm on the side of it that you want me on and you're with me, then I'm good. That's growth, man. That's maturity. And that'll bring a little bit of peace to your soul as you wait on the Lord to open the right door. All right, I'm going to finish today. Let me remind you that you can go to maverickmisfit.com, listen to all the archives of these messages. I hope that you'll share this podcast. You know, I don't say it every episode, but your rate and your review of the podcast, it gives us a, a larger digital footprint. I have no idea how any of that works. I'm not the technical person on this, but it is true. And so when you give us a favorable rating and a favorable, favorable review, um, actually I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, bad ratings actually increase your digital footprint too. So, I mean, if you hate this stuff and you want to rate it that way, you're free to do that. But my point is, is this, um, if you think this podcast helps people, if it's helping you, it's probably going to help others. Um, will you help us reach more people? You, you'll notice I don't ask for money. I'm not asking you to give me anything. Uh, we let you know that there's free resources on Transforming Truth. I mentioned my book, Figuring Out As I Go. If you want to support the ministry, that's one way you can do it. But I'm listen, we're not asking for you to give a dime, but we are asking for you to help us get the word out because I want to reach as many people as I can. Uh, there's something different about doing a podcast versus preaching in a pulpit and leading a church. There's just something much more organic and relational. I'm able to be a little bit more free because whoever's showing up to listen is showing up because they want to listen. And so, um, yeah, help us to do that. Rate and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. Subscribe to it and, um, yeah, help us connect with more people. All right, my time's gone. God bless you. And, um, hey, look. Closed door people, we've all been there. It doesn't last forever. Be patient. Love you guys. Talk to you next time. We're happy you were able to tune in today. You can help us reach more people by rating and reviewing Mavericks and Misfits on whatever platform you use to listen to today's podcast. Connect with Jeff on his personal and ministry social media links by visiting transformingtruth.org. Also, feel free to email Jeff with comments or questions at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I'll say it again, Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. We will talk to you again next week. Peace.